Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. You guys, we are doing a follow-up episode today, and Krista, I don't know if you remember when we talked about passive income, but it was sometime last year. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) so this is a follow-up and kind of deeper dive with someone who knows a little bit more than we do. She's been really successful with her um, passive income shop, but let me back up a second. Um, We are talking to Alicia from Basil and Bark, all about transitioning from clients to passive income and all passive income stuff. And you guys, I discovered Alicia... I feel like I I don't know exactly the point. It was either late 2017 or early 2018. And I thought your brand and your services were really unique. And when we talk, like ask you about where you got to where you are now, you have to tell everyone about the name of your business because I love that. Um, But I actually hired her in the middle of 2018 to do some work, which is kind of weird as a designer to say that, but she's the bomb to work with. And then if she's not like doing all uh, all these other really crazy, awesome things, in late 2018, um, Alicia launched her own course called Digital Product Boss. And in that, she teaches designers and creative service providers um, all about how to start and scale a digital product shop with the emphasis on creative market. And just a side note, I took this course. I loved it. And I highly recommend it for anyone wanting to start uh, doing digital products, especially if you're interested in kind of dipping your foot into creative market. So yeah, I cannot wait to talk to you about all of this stuff today. Yay. Thank you so much. That was the kindest intro I'm so excited to dive into all the questions we have for you today. But first, I want to hear a little bit more about you. So tell us about yourself, how you got started in your business, and kind of what your journey has looked like up until now. Yeah. So um, since it's a podcast for designers, I usually leave this part out, but my background is actually in editorial design. So I got my start at a small agency focusing primarily on one publishing client. So I was designing magazines cover to cover, back to back, like within like a week and a half, two week period. (laughs) And I was obsessed with it, but the agency was so small. There were only like four people. There was nowhere for me to go. So I actually left that job to work at a startup company. And eight months later, I was laid off from startup company because turns out (laughs) startup companies, they're a little unpredictable. Um, I got laid off a week before my boyfriend and I actually, I was working remotely. So we had decided to potentially buy a house across the country because we lived in Toronto at the time, which was too expensive. So, um, a week away from being on literally my first plane ride ever because I was 25 and had never been on a plane. Um, I got laid off, 
we still flew over here to Kelowna, where I live now. We bought a house. We turned around, and within five weeks, we moved out here. And within those five weeks, I had a couple of really disappointing interviews where I had to tell people what my top 10 skills were and what salary (laughs) I wanted, and it was super awkward. So I just decided... I'm going to be like this girl, Melissa Griffin, that I've been following for five years. (laughs) I don't know what she does, but I want to do what she does. So yeah, so I started freelancing um, the end of 2017. And I got really lucky. And I met my first client who happened to be a Pinterest consultant. (laughs) And I was like, that's a thing? What? That's crazy. So I designed Pinterest graphics for her. And yeah, it just all kind of stemmed from there. Oh my goodness. Okay. So wait a second. So you, I'm, I'm going to force you to tell everyone this because I think it's so cool and fun. So your brand name is Basil and Bark and tell us where the name came from real quick. Yeah. So back then I just had one cat and one dog. My cat's name is Basil. Um, and he was my first animal that I had on my own. So he's like my best friend. Um, and my dog Lester is actually a little bit Instagram famous. So I thought it was okay to name my business after both of them because they mattered so much. And I was like, if I name it Alicia DeMarsh, who's Alicia DeMarsh? I don't know. But if I show a picture of my my Basset Hound on Instagram, people will love that. So it also kind of sounded like an agency. And I was like, oh, now I can scale. And then lo and behold, I just fire all my clients. So. I love that. That's such a, yeah. I don't know. I just love that little story. And it's a catchy business name too. So when win there thanks yeah <laughs> I love starting everything about that too like if people ask me like oh like tell me about you I usually say oh and I named my business after my pets <laughs> yes I think that's such yeah. a fun random random thing to do but it makes you stand out like you said so much more than just having your name mm-hmm. yeah okay so let's back up a little bit so you started your business by offering services to clients um, and then you obviously now are just doing passive income. So I'm curious, what made you interested in offering those very first digital products? Like why did you, and also why did you choose the first products that you chose um, as the ones that you wanted to sell? I know what those are, by the way, but I don't know if our listeners do. So you might want to mention <laughs> what those first ones were as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like I said, my first client was a Pinterest consultant. So I was primarily doing Pinterest graphics for her. So I had built like a couple of templates that she really liked and I would just export the same template. Um, and she said it was a good idea to sell those as products, like back when I, before I even had a website and I was like, oh yeah, sounds good. But I I think I'll just focus on my services first. And I was offering social media graphic design. Um, and then I would design lead magnets and opt-ins. And then also I had an offering for like eBooks and digital course slide stuff like that. So essentially all of those like little extras. Um, and then around, I would say March of 2018. So just a few months into my business, um, I just didn't feel like chasing clients. Like I had a little bit of success, just people coming to me. And I was like, okay, I kind of like that strategy. And instead of spending the rest of my time trying to, you know, cold email people and, um, you know, refine my workflow or anything, I really just wanted to make a product and just sell it. And I had had a lot of compliments on my Pinterest graphics from people who followed me on Instagram or found me on Pinterest. A lot of my leads were actually coming through Pinterest back then. Um, it was a huge focus. So yeah, so my first products were Pinterest templates, as well as Instagram story, Facebook and Instagram square graphics that all kind of match together. That's awesome. Was it a coincidence that your first client was a Pinterest consultant and you were really focused on Pinterest? Or was it? It was, yeah. I literally, so I told you that I was moving across the country at the time. I actually met her in a buy and sell Facebook what? group 
um, when I was trying to sell furniture. I know. And she was just posted in there and she's like, I'm looking for a, a person in Toronto. I'd really like to support a Canadian designer who's just starting out. Does anybody in this group happen to be that? And I was like, uh, yeah, but I'm also selling a bunch of furniture. So what are the odds? <laughs> Yeah, it was just a really weird and yeah. And then when I met her, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so surreal meeting a person who's like, you're like a real person who does this stuff full time. But <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so you started selling yeah. these templates on creative market, right? Uh, what made you want to start there instead of a separate website? And is that where you think other people should start too? Yeah. So when I launched them initially, I just made a really quick sales page on my website and I used the Shopify buy button, which was looking back, I'm like, that's how little I knew because I was actually paying for the Squarespace commerce plan. Like I had a built-in <laughs> shop. Um, but yeah, so I launched them just on my website and it went pretty well. I just launched them to my email list and made a couple hundred bucks. And then um, Liz White, if you, if anybody who's listening to this knows, she um, DM'd me and she said, oh, you should definitely post them on Creative Market. I have some stock photos on there and I make a couple a couple bucks a month and I don't even do anything for it. So I bet if you focused on keywords, you would do really well. So I did, I put them on creative market and I thought when you look at the bottom bar on creative market, it's like there's 26 bajillion shops and <laughs> yep. 5 million people who are selling things. And I'm like, nobody's going to buy anything that I sell on here. Um, but yeah, I posted them and literally within like three hours, I had gotten my first sale. And then two days later, I got another sale. And the cool thing was, the people who were buying on Creative Market, I didn't have to do any work. I just put them up there and they came to Creative Market looking for something that I just happened to be selling and bought it. And it was just like the best feeling ever. <laughs> so yeah, um, anytime anybody asks me that, I always recommend too, because at the time I was focused on services. So my website copy was all focused around services. Um, and then that one little landing page, I tried to kind of separate so that people who were coming to my website didn't get confused. Um, so I always recommend starting on Creative Market and building up a good amount of income there before you transition all of the messaging on your website, especially if you're offering something else, just so that you can kind of get, you know, I would say like enough money to maybe like, ease out of one client or maybe just like make some space to focus more on your on your products if that's where you want to focus so that you're able to kind of sacrifice um that optimization on your website basically. I love that you mentioned that because I think most people feel like making templates and selling them is like the easy thing to do they make a template and they just sell and <laughs> we all know that that's just not how it works <laughs> yeah yeah I know. Yeah. I was, I was making like a sale every couple of days, but it definitely was not going to pay the bills. Like I, there was a lot of more work to go behind it. So yeah, it definitely took a few months for me to be able to like actually start to focus on them. But in the meantime, creative market was a great place to go because they do have that like built-in marketing. Yeah. And I was actually going to like preview sneak peek um, a little bit of what's in your digital product boss course and say that after taking that, um, I can totally see how it would benefit um, anyone who's wanting to create the kind of products that are already on creative market or that fit naturally with it to go on ahead and put it there first so mm -hmm. that you can kind of continue to drive those sales and boost up your um, 
your following and kind of your views over there before you have to start kind of leading people to your website? Because now with Coded Creative, um, and I won't like be on this forever, I promise. But with Coded Creative, I can see um, where it's hard to want to boost, like send people over to Creative Market so you can boost that up. But at the same time, you have your own website and obviously you get to keep more money on your own website. So yeah. And if you're Mm -hmm. listening to this and you're like, I have no clue what she's talking about, like, go check out Alicia's course and you will learn everything I'm talking that's about really here. Because cool, I was actually wondering, Corey, why you put the templates on Creative Market first. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And now I see why. Uh, yeah, because I stole lots of ideas from Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> So um, something that you talked about in the um, kind of bio that you sent over to us when we were booking this call is that you are able to replace your full-time salary with sales on Creative Market around the same exact time that you were starting to get booked out with client work. Um, And since you are doing so well on both sides of your business, I'm curious, and you just mentioned it, that you just fired all of your clients. I'm curious what made you want to decide to say, okay, I'm not going to take any more clients. A hundred percent of my focus is going to be on digital products. Yeah, I think this is part of, it's like a little bit twofold. So the first one is just with the type of services I was offering with social media graphics and stuff like that, people didn't want like a six week turnaround, like you can have on like a logo or a website. Um, I never offered brand or website design because although I can do it for myself, I just never felt comfortable doing that for other people. So, you know, all of the strategies, the designers talk about it, about optimizing your workflow and using Asana with clients and stuff like that, just never really applied to the types of services that I was offering. It didn't quite make sense. So um, I always wanted to provide clients with the best turnaround, which meant, you know, within three days, I would give something back. Um, And I felt like that was a really good option for the type of services that I was offering. But I also really didn't like doing that because (laughs) sometimes I just don't feel like working for three days and I want to be able to just not work for three days. And it's funny because when I tell my parents that they're like, you know, well, no job is perfect. And I'm like, oh, you watch, I will make the perfect job. So yeah, part of it was just, I think the nature of the services I was offering. Um, But yeah, like the other part was just my personality. I just would rather work from my couch for 14 hours one day and then take two days off to do something else. And I just wanted to have that freedom. So um, although I really loved working with the clients and, and I ended up landing a few clients who were like my dream clients. I still like it hurt me, but I had to let them go just to give myself that option. And it, I really enjoy just making things, just spending days and days in Adobe InDesign. That's like my favorite software to just play around in and just playing around with things and then selling them. That's just the best. It just sounds like the perfect job to me. So I love that. That had to be a, a little scary. Well, I guess you were already kind of I don't know. I feel like you already had you, you the ground. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. You you had a the good groundwork, start. The foundation. Thanks. You had your foundation with the digital products, but <laughs> I'm guessing it was still a little bit scary. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, because the the money from Creative Market or from selling templates was not as guaranteed, I suppose, as like yeah. a client retainer, like a client who had signed a contract and was going to pay me every month on the same day. Um, But everything that I read about, you know, quitting your nine to five and traveling the world, even though I'm not traveling the world at all, but people who just, you know, let it all go, they're like, the first question you should ask yourself is, can you go back to the job if, for example, you were quitting a job and your boss wanted to rehire you? And 
I consistently still to this day still get inquiries for people who ask me Mm -hmm. if I do custom work. So I know it's always there if I want it. Um, And yeah, I just knew that if I kept working on it and didn't just let it sit there, that the money Uh, would go up. So yeah, I just decided to work on it. <laughs> like really obvious now that you say that. I love that. You you can always go back to the yeah. clients. Was there were there like any specific steps you took to make the transition from clients to all products? Um I guess my website copy would be one of them. Like I mentioned it took me a while to really tear down what I had created and build it back up. Um and just continuing to develop my product workflow, I guess, is um like optimizing my products, just just working on it like any other business, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have a, a better answer than that. But. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like I can see adjusting your copy is going to be, you know, with any transition, but especially this, you want to make it clear that mm-hmm. you're, you're not, you know, if someone's coming looking for clients, you don't necessarily want to attract to them, but you want to grab the attention of people who mm-hmm. could use products and speak to their, you know, pain points and things they want. So I can see how yeah. that would be one of the biggest things in yeah. transitioning those clients out. Yeah. So. And, and starting to become known as well for my templates, as opposed to yeah. my services, I felt like was important. Um, like at the point where I was, you know, there were a lot of people messaging me on Instagram, instead of saying, can I work with you? There's still a few people like that. But a lot of people message me and say, I just bought your templates, and I love them. So once I started mm-hmm. to realize too, that there was kind of that shift happening there, I, that may also made me feel a little bit more comfortable that a lot of my audience that I had built up was there for templates in addition to services. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of your templates, and as somebody who has uh, lived on creative market over the past couple of weeks, it feels like um, I have seen some very incredible brand new products that you have um, published over there. And I have to say, I am just continually impressed. The ideas that you've put out over the past couple of weeks, I'm like, dang it, why didn't I think of that first? <laughs> so I'm curious if... Um, and, and that goes along with just growing your shop. So I'm curious if you have any secrets that I and our listeners can <laughs> steal from you on um, basically just what has helped you grow your shop to where it is now. Yeah. So like I said, developing my products have, has been a really important part. I feel like there's like this idea about passive income that you make something once and then you just let it sit there and then it continues to make you money. But I don't believe that at all. I think all of my products work together too. I've always said that like when I initially launched, you know, four products, I would notice a few people buying all four. So why not have 12 or 15? And then they, people keep coming back. You know, it's like the same as if you liked uh, a clothing store and you just kept going to that clothing store because you liked everything goes, you know, I'm a fan of Lululemon. So I always go to Lululemon (laughs) because everything at Lululemon goes together. Um, But yeah, in terms of getting ideas for my products, my biggest tip is just to really know your customer. And I know that sounds so corny and nobody is going to do it until they actually are at a point where they have to, because that's where I was at. I always heard that you had to work on your client avatar and figure out what car they drive and how many kids they have and, you know, what color their fence is outside their house. um, Once I figured out like exactly the point that they were at in their business and what they were really, really struggling with and the reasons, like what they would be Googling to solve the problem that my product would help, that was like the point where I realized what kind of system of products that I needed to build up. So um, a couple of the products that I released that I think Corey is mentioning is I have like a webinar slide deck. I had some product mock-ups. I have a lot of opt-ins. And for me, it's kind of obvious to me now, now that I've done that work, to look at my ideal customer and think, okay, if they have a webinar, then they're going to need 
um, all of the support opt-ins that go in with that or like a worksheet or they're going to want to mock up their product to make their course look really good. They're going to want to have Instagram story templates. They're going to want to have all of these things to create this whole system. So I really feel like once you find that problem that they're dealing with and that stuff that they're struggling with, you can you can build out that whole system that they need and it becomes so clear to you. So that was the moment that I really had like a list of ideas that at this point, I just like can't wait to pump out. Yeah. And then you turn them all into this like massive bundle that's at a steal of a price that people would look at that <laughs> and go, I don't even know if I'm going to need that for the next six months, but I'm going to buy it anyway. And then you just kill the game. And yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually had somebody message me when I launched my webinar slide deck. She's like, I don't even know what a webinar is, but I want this because all of, <laughs> oh all of your other templates go with it. I'm like, yes, Amazing. I've done my job. <laughs> yeah, no, that one, that was a really good one. And then Krista, I don't know if you seen this, but you would probably really like it too. Um, she had like a, it's the Pinterest marketing toolbox or something like that. And it's like graphics and these opt-in graphics you can put in your blog post. And I looked at that and I was like, why? I'm so mad I didn't think of this. <laughs> That's genius. That's good. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay, you said, like, I can, my mind is just like swimming here with all, even just your ideas. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can see how things just build on each other and you can get just this flood of ideas at once. Mm -hmm. When that happens for anyone that is trying to create, you know, some kind of like products like this, how do you decide what you create for your shop now and what you wait on for later when you're like just excited about everything? Um, I think part of it is which ones people have been asking for most recently, um, because that just means I have an opportunity to like DM those people back and be like, hey, this is available. Um, and whichever ones are like very unaddressed on creative market, like when, for the webinar slide deck in particular, you look in the presentations category, it has over 11,000 presentations. But when you search the word webinar, nothing comes up. And I'm like, that is such a missed opportunity. I have to create that now because somebody else will. I'm sure somebody else will. Um, and then for the Pinterest, um, Pinterest marketing toolbox is what I ended up calling it. None of the Pinterest templates in that category had anything other than Pinterest templates. So I thought, okay, what if I throw a couple of worksheets in there, a couple of opt-in buttons, and then you have everything you need. Like you don't just need the Pinterest graphics. You also need, once they come to your blog post, you want to optimize that and give away a freebie. So if I give them a little bit of everything, they'll have what they need. So um, it just whichever one seemed like the best opportunity, whether it's because it's missing from creative market or because my customers are asking me for it. Those are the ones that I usually put to the top of my list. Smart. I like that a lot. You, that you're listening to your people. That's something that I feel like Corey has come up for us a couple of times in our last few episodes. Nothing is more important than that, whether you're doing services or products or whatever. So I love hearing that from you too. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely think validating your offers so, so, so important. I like, there are so many things that I have created in the past. I've never been perfect. I have made some templates that have totally bombed. And it's usually the ones that I'm like, this is such a good idea. I would love this, <laughs> but then nobody else needs it. You know, and so, they're, they're like, hey. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. I know um, I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode that this is kind of a follow-up of a whole other episode we did where we, of course, mentioned you um, when we were talking about passive income. And we're doing this episode and having you on because we know a ton of our listeners are like, okay, 
I don't have enough hours in a day to make as much money as I want, so I need to get some passive income going. So I'm curious if you have any tips on how or where people, specifically designers, should just get started when they want to kind of start adding that into their business. Yeah, so my recommendation is always, if especially if you're already a service-based designer, what do your clients keep asking you for? Whether it's a certain product, whether it's a certain style, um, my my clients consistently were asking me for roadmap templates. I think I got like six requests for roadmap templates in like four weeks. So I was like, I'll make a roadmap template. <laughs> it just seems pretty obvious because I really think that the when you have a client who asks you for something and wants to pay you um, good money to design something for them, there are probably five or 10 people who can't quite afford your services because they're new to business, but they just they need that thing just as much as your client does. So if your clients keep coming you to, for coming to you for something, it means there's a market for something. So if you turn that around and give it to the people who are DIYing their business or DIYing their visuals, there's absolutely a market for that. And then I would also say, um, especially if you're a designer and your product would fit on Creative Market, which it probably would, just check Creative Market too to look for those high opportunity. Um, products. If your clients are always asking you for something that doesn't exist on creative market yet, that's a really great place to start, especially if you do plan on launching your products on creative market instead of your website to really get into a niche that somebody else hasn't tapped into yet, but that you know has an opportunity for it. Yeah. I feel like you're just like expanding my mind about creative market. <laughs> I never, like when I was, you know, doing quoted creative with Corey, I hated doing stuff on creative market because I was just like, I don't know. I just, you know, I, there's so many people that say bad things about it. So it's just really nice to hear someone who has good things to say and that mm -hmm. there is opportunity and a lot of opportunity on that platform, even though it might be saturated in certain areas, it's not saturated everywhere. Yeah. I think the thing about creative market too, that a lot of people forget is that um, from my perspective, it seems like creative markets roots are really with designers, people who just yeah. want to collect fonts because they're so pretty. Like I'm, I totally get that. <laughs> or people who, people who want all of the texture packs just so that they can have them to make things. But, um, I really think there is this opportunity for people in this entrepreneurial blogging space that are just discovering creative market and they're looking for tools for their business, um, that, aren't there yet. And that's, I think, especially we haven't really talked about Canva yet, but I was so, I was so against Canva for a good few months there. When I first started, I was like on my designer soapbox saying Canva is the devil. You cannot design in Canva. <laughs> it must be Adobe. And, but the reality is people, people can't learn Adobe software the way that we do. They are going to use Canva, whether you hate it or not. So offering stuff in Canva, I think was, um, it's something new on creative market and something that targets our, our little niche, our little bubble of entrepreneurial bloggers. Um, so yeah, offering those types of products. I really think there's going to be like an influx of them this year and people are going to really start to realize that creative market is a place for products that aren't just fonts and textures and brushes and stock photos. I like that you brought up Canva too. Yeah. I can already see, um, how it's growing so much. And even just with the people um, that were in the first round of your course with me, I can see everyone's really starting to flourish and how much um, even just like the, the social media kind of templates niche is really taking off on creative market. So it'll be very exciting to see where that goes more this year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think Pinterest is a really interesting category as an example. Like when I first started on creative market, there were only 60 listings for Pinterest templates and now there's 
200 or something like that. So, you oh, know, there might growing. be more than 200. <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> There's quite a few, definitely. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Like, seriously, my mind is just like blown with all these opportunities. And I'm excited for everyone listening to, you know, be able to maybe take some ideas that they have had and use what you've said to be inspired to actually take action and learn from your experience. So thank you so much for everything you've shared. Uh, I would love to know where our listeners can go to learn more about you and what you offer, including this amazing course Corey keeps (laughs) raving about and where they can keep up with you online. Yeah. So my course and everything digital product related is at digitalproductboss.com. That's the name of my course. Um, And then if you're interested in seeing how I run my shop, my shop is called Basil and Bark. So um, basilandbark.com or creativemarket.com slash basilandbark. Thanks so much, Alicia, for coming on the podcast and sharing all these good tidbits that um, I'm going to steal. And I know our listeners are going to steal as well. And yeah, I can't wait to see how our listeners really start their passive income with their design businesses. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design. Thank you.